Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Penalty Loop Podcast, a podcast about biathlon by Jordan Gottschalk from Penalty Loop and a regular guest, RJ Weiss from Biathlon Analytics. RJ, we are back two times in the same week. I know. And it's, it's, I was just saying to my wife yesterday, like, it's going to be one more weekend before biathlon starts. And I was like, hey, well, hang on a second. No, 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 no. <laughs> this, this was the last weekend that was it. biathlon. So, yep. and at first she was like, oh, you must be excited. And then she started, oh, well, I guess that means that, that we're going to have an alarm at 3 a.m. and stuff. So, uh, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll see how that goes. But, uh, man, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. I get, I think I mentioned before, I, I haven't been, active on social media and even without that um people waking up and and starting to talk about biathlon more and more mm-hmm. i'm still like it, it kind of yeah feels like it's coming so it does I'm looking forward yeah. to it yeah we're we're gonna see real racing in just a few days now and uh i almost don't know what to think because suddenly all the things that we've thought about and talked about it's gonna be real and uh yeah. now it's not it's not potential anymore it's like actually you're gonna be real stuff so got to totally change the mindset but um yeah those those early mornings man i just i just wish that we could get some like 9 a.m races that'd be great i know yeah or yeah yeah whatever it is what it is (laughs) yep we'll deal with it um so anything uh anything new and exciting the last two days any new snow um no we had not did not have new snow um temperatures have been kind of up there but uh well up there means like a couple of degrees above celsius or zero mm-hmm. celsius but um i was unfortunately not able to uh to go to biathlon on uh, monday because my foot's been bugging me but um yeah i think even here like uh the um i guess what do you call it it's not a cup but there there's a, a number of races that i can also participate as a I think I would be in the master's recreation category or something like that. Um, and that's starting this weekend as well. So no, I'm not participating, but that also makes me feel more like biathlon is happening again. So like it's right here. Yeah. So that'll be great. Testing the, the course for the. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You got to You got to break it in. So. Got to break it in. Yeah. Get, set your time. That way you can compare it to all the top level athletes when they get over here. <laughs> yeah. See who wins uh you uh doing one lap or Johannes doing three, four? Probably more. <laughs> There's just uh, a, yeah. I, I wish cuz when the IBU Cup was in Calgary, you couldn't go to the backside. Like there was yeah. a, a drone following them that was super cool and uh, I reached out to the guy and I and I really hope that he's coming back for the World Cup as well. Mm-hmm. Um but you were not allowed to go there as a oh well, interesting a non coach basically yeah yeah but there's a really cool section where they go super fast and I really hope that for the World Cup they will allow people to go there as well um, but we'll see oh, I'm so looking forward to it see yeah. me my first time seeing a biathlon race in person it's just gonna be seems just gonna be really exciting. Uh, and oh, it's, yeah. I know the biathlon season starting and that's still what four months away. So, um, <laughs> so like I gonna have to, yeah. Well, gonna have to, gonna are, have you, to are you still thinking of uh, soldier hollow as well? Uh, it, probably not. Probably not. Yeah. We'll just focus on, it's just a lot Would be with, nice, uh, but yeah. with the kids. Yeah. To take yeah. that much time off and the transfer in between. So, um, yeah. 
In an ideal world, sure, yeah, but and realistically, oh, yeah, probably not going to. I'll be in Europe right now in an ideal world. That's true. That's true. <laughs> um, all right. So today we were lucky enough to be joined by Danish uh, commentator Christian Wolf and coach, mm-hmm. I should say. Um, and uh, so that was that was a lot of fun. Uh, we, obviously, we've already talked to him, but um, he only had a brief time with us because he is actually currently. At his own uh, his own educational event, um, but uh, yeah, we got to get into some of the big topics uh, from biathlon uh, that we'll be seeing this season. Yeah, and it was I I always love talking with him because he has so much um, um, knowledge about the sport, but also like we we talked a lot about wax and um, you know he's still racing himself, not at a World mm-hmm. Cup, but mm-hmm. you know at a pretty high level and uh, i think he participated at the world championships wasn't it the summer worlds yeah yeah summer worlds sorry yeah um so um he just has so much knowledge about the technology used and then the wax and, and and skis and that kind of thing so i really feel like every time we we talk to him yeah. you, you learn stuff and was uh and he's just super nice guy so he is one of those guys i wish we could have on like every week just to make it a three-man a three-man crew like he's know, just like yeah. it's just a lot of fun and he always comes with so much energy like it's just it's yeah. really nice not not that i think that we're we're completely devoid of excitement but he is just like <laughs> yeah. bubbling with uh with energy and it just it really like it's it's infectious so yeah um no, absolutely. yeah so obviously we talked about wax um i asked him to name a couple other storylines he's watching some under the radar athletes and then and then he picks his top three for the for the year. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. So enjoy that. And then after uh, after Christian Wolf, then RJ and I are back. We're going to wrap up some of our our thoughts for the preseason. RJ's got a treat for us a little a little preview of some uh, statistical analyses that he's been doing. And and then uh, it's going on to the racing, guys. We're we're there. We did it. Yes. Well, enjoy the interview with Christian, and we'll be back. Yodley. Christian Wolf, thank you so much for joining us once again. Um, actually, really looking forward to this. Uh, you know, it'll be really a lot of fun to kind of talk just from a purely fan perspective. You know, RJ and I have been doing a lot of uh, interviews over the over the off season. We just got into doing a little preseason podcast uh, a couple days ago, but you know, just getting to sort of just be fanboys for a minute and just uh, and just chat about all the fun stuff. So. Uh, like I said, thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you so much. I've listened to yeah uh, all about Nicholas Hartwig, and it's uh, so, so cool. Um, he's just uh, so rock and roll, <laughs> right? Isn't he? Yeah, yeah we yeah, had a lot of fun with that. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, you couldn't tell, but uh, his girlfriend was uh, was waiting anxiously for dinner. I think at the end of that. So <laughs> okay, uh, me too. Here in Oslo, where <laughs> waiting for dinner as well. So yeah. absolutely. Yeah. yeah, so we'll we'll jump right into it. So um, I thought that, uh, and 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 RJ, I don't even know if I shared this with you, but I uh, really wanted to talk about waxing right away. Um, we've seen uh, a couple of these preseason races, um, and it looked like like skis and wax made a pretty big pretty big difference. You had some really interesting insights uh, that you shared on social media. I don't know if you want to jump into that. Your general takeaways from what you saw and what you're thinking. Yeah, it, it, we saw in Sushin a big difference between uh, Norway and all the other teams. So it's like they have a big leap now, um, mainly because I think they've done their homework. Um, everybody knows that this floor ban has been on its way uh, for the last uh, three seasons. So, But it's 
been delayed or postponed or partly banned with uh, only uh, this carbon eight kind of fluor um, last year. So, but now it's a full band, and uh, and and then I think, yeah, the the ones who yeah t- does the most testing is uh, in is way ahead. So it's um yeah I, th- I think I call it uh, arms race. So it's mm-hmm. kind of like uh, yeah uh, yeah cold war again, but uh, it's really cold war uh, because it's snow and, <laughs> and you know, but 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 it's still it 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 seems like. Uh, the Germans, the Italians uh, are, haven't done too much testing. And I think this comes back to um, the, the sizes of the teams. So if you go for the big teams, Norway and Sweden, they have mainly uh, on every World Cup last year, they, they have tested all the new stuff that's on the market uh, without fluor. And they've done it over and over again, just to see how the new waxes de- deals with um, longevity on on, mm-hmm. or on the on the when you go fifteen uh, k's on this kind of wax, and when you go twenty k's on this kind of wax, or fifty k's on this kind of wax. So they've done a lot of testing, and maybe they could do this because they uh, they have a bigger service team. And they spend some money on this because it's. Oh, that's, what, I think that's the big thing, right? The, yeah. The budgets that countries like yeah. Norway and Germany have compared to, say, Canada and US. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, but, so but still, I, yeah, sorry. Yeah, but still, there's a difference between Germany budget and and the Norwegian budget mm. because it's um, the Norwegian teams are because um, have a lot of funding from um, their. The IOC, uh, the the Olympic Committee, uh, they're, right. they're, so they have they have a bigger budget of, of finding the right glide f- from mm-hmm. one um, yeah Olympics to the next, and that's mm-hmm. what what's going on right now. So they have, and there's also yeah. much larger teams like equipment teams and budget yeah. for the cross country skiing teams, right? And yeah, yeah. I they don't know, this, but I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm assuming yeah. that they share within a nation. So, yeah, yeah, um, and then, like, do you feel that in the, in in the end, the difference is not going to be that impactful? Because that was always the case with fluor. Yeah, but but now everybody starts from zero and have to race mm. up to 100, and the Norwegians are already at I don't know 90. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, well, and, so, and I think that's the thing. Like Nor- Norway is not starting at zero. They started yeah. at zero probably five yeah. or ten years ago. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I think in cross country it's been banned for a couple of years now, right? No, it's it's the same kind of um, postponed um, del- oh, okay. mix delayed. So it's only in now it's a fully banned banned from both um, cross country and and okay. So uh, and it's because they haven't they, they use the same equipment to detect uh, fluor under the skis. So it's this. Infrared um, little sensor uh, camera, so it it measures the the light coming back from the from the ski, uh, okay. and and the different kind of waves um, reflects what kind of molecules are underneath the the ski. So it's do you know uh, how, how proven that technology is? Like yeah, how, it's, how 
it's rock rate. solid now, I think. Um, okay. Yeah, right. uh, and, and I think, and actually, I, I, I know, I've seen that, that the Norwegians have their own one. So mm. they can test mm. all the, mm-hmm. the skis themselves be- before they hand in the, the, the skis for the real test. So that's yeah. also one of the, the the things here that that you have to. I don't want to. I don't want to suggest anything, but that also sounds a bit like they can push the limits to what is undetectable. Yeah, and, yeah. and again, I don't want to suggest that they are, but that. Yeah, but again, but, that could be an advantage too, right? Yeah, it could, but but there's still some uncertainty on right. this um, this yeah how you measure it because if if you're on. Uh, between one and one point eight, it's still uh, you, you can still race, but it's right. if it's above uh, above one point eight, uh, you can't race. <laughs> and yeah. that's and if if you go to one point eight and uh, uncertainty about the equipment, yeah, it's it it could be yeah. zero uh, two and, point and two. The impact of being caught. Ah, like compare, yeah. you know, Canada <laughs> wouldn't even make the news or anything. I think Norway would be uh, in yeah. uproar for a year or two. Yeah, but it's going to be so. some of the the cases where, where the the big case we're going to talk about this uh, this season. It's on everybody's lips here um, because mm-hmm. it 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 will make a difference because we're going to see some time differences uh, on the skis and the glides. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe not when it's when it's cold. So I hope I, I haven't checked the weather forecast for Östersund. But if it's going to be cold, then the fluor won't matter that much. Uh, then it's more mm. like um, if it's uh, how how solid the, the wax are, how how enduring the wax are mm-hmm, uh, yeah. is in, in in the long term. Um, but but I think um, it, it should be cold now or. Yeah, I don't know, minus five, six uh, degrees. Like yeah, minus minus nine on Saturday. Okay, then then it's then the, there probably won't be that big of a difference. But when you get more moisture in in the snow, if, if it's above zero, then the fluor wax or the best ones to deal with this without the fluor waxes uh, are gonna be way ahead. So so mm-hmm. now it's basically, I think it comes down to finding. Um, the best of these new 20, 15, 20 new products and how they work and how they fit together, together with uh, how you manually structure the ski. So now I think right. it's going to come down to the best ones to do the stone grind on this, uh, on the, underneath the sole, the sole of the ski. So, um, the ones to <laughs> that are the best for that is going to be ahead, and together with um, manual structure of this, I don't know if you've seen it. it you can it, Red Creek Rilla, so you you can do this mm-hmm. rilling of the sole to get rid of all the uh, water that 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 the friction of the ski and the snow mm-hmm. creates mm-hmm. a water right. uh, mm-hmm. fine him, and and then you have to push this this way, and that. Right. That's what fluid does the best, mm-hmm. but now you have to do it more manually, like turning on, putting on window yeah. tires on your car. Right. Yeah, right. yeah. So we we were talking a little bit about um, different brands of skis. Mm-hmm. How much uh, does that impact situations like this when they, you know, testing grinding? Would you say typically they're similar between different brands, or can it be completely different uh, from I one think- brand to another? 
Um, I think the top brands are still are, are comparable uh, and they are even, but it's more about the athletes who chooses the best skis. So in, in cross country and in biathlon, the best athletes gets ahead of all the others to choose the best skis from this gigantic pool of skis. So mm. they get to, they get to go to the, uh, Masus and uh, Fisher and and mm-hmm. pick out and they have some of they have some specialized guys to to squeeze the skis together and feel the best skis and they know what certain numbers of this production mm-hmm. line is the best um, and and that's why they they get to choose the best skis so um, already there the. The Norwegian guys, uh, Johannes Tinjesberg, is is just ahead mm-hmm. because of the amount of good skis that he's gonna get. He's got a key <laughs> to the secret room at Fisher. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but so, do you think that's why uh, Sturlholm Lagrade is on Matthews? For is that one reason to be the top guy for Matthews rather than being yeah, guy yeah. number five in Fisher? Yeah, yeah, that could be one of them, and 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 also because it's uh, it's a Norwegian brand, uh, Matthews, mm-hmm. and and he. I think he, it's a quite good sponsor. Uh, mm-hmm. So, and that's what you have to deal with also, because it's it's it, they they make a lot of this uh, of, of money on on the sponsors right. uh, compared to prize money. So, yeah, right. yeah. but oh uh, yeah, it's yeah. I, I and this is why uh, I, I think we talked about this uh, last time we we spoke. That this is why I love roller skiing so much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right, yep. very it's, even. It's, yeah. it's an even playing field. Yeah. yeah, my coach was saying that at uh, some lower levels in Canada or North America, that they actually, when they have races, they get all the wax guys together. Yeah, and they decide what is the right wax for this race for the for the wow. conditions, and yeah. then they wax the same wax. Yeah, on all the skis, and they yeah. they wax other team skis, etc. Which you know, of course, leaves some room for for question marks, but. Um, in a way, mm. that that sounds a bit more like the roller skiing field, where where you level the field a little bit. But yeah, Bjorn Ferry, do you remember him, the yep. Swedish mm-hmm. uh, yep. big star? Yeah, um, he's doing uh, SVT um, commentating as mm-hmm. well, uh, and he's he's made a made a proposal about ne- that we all should join together and get a fixed uh, waxing team. Um, supported from all nations, and then we, yeah, it's gonna be like this uh, suggestion, actually. Mm. So, um, but I think what the, was the response when he when he proposed that? Um, yeah, but <laughs> <laughs> it's still something about this uh, secretness yeah, and this yeah. uh, little black book, and you know, uh, I I have some knowledge and you don't, mm-hmm. and so on. And yeah. it's kind of like, yeah, it it it's something. In the culture of cross country skiing, yeah, because yeah, I remember getting getting those uh, non wax classic skis, yeah. and every now and then you talk to a Norwegian about that, and they just scoff at you. You need wax. Sorry, sorry, Jordan, I cut you off. No, no, no. I was going to say until that happens, so everybody's going to have their own wax team. Um, are there any of the the squads that you know of, like not the Norwegians, that have a particularly good wax team that you think might be able to close the gap on the Norwegians a little bit faster? Um, 
the Norwegians have just bought the biggest uh, wax truck ever. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, so I think they're got, just going to move ahead. Uh, uh, but I, I, the Italian guys, um, they have some, but, but, but I think both the Italians and also I, I heard about the, the US team, they're going to sit it out. They're going to wait to the products to be made to not be the first movers of testing. So mm-hmm. I think they're going to do it more, um, I don't know, de- defensive. <laughs> they're not going to be off- offensive about the strategy of um, testing because it takes so much uh, manpower to do all yeah. this testing. Right. So so they can't uh, do it. Uh, and that's maybe so, – so they're going to – See, okay, our purpose is to get the best glide at the Olympics in in twenty six, mm-hmm, uh, and right. and maybe that's the 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 goal for for the smaller nations because right now they're they're gonna be behind. I think. Yeah. Yeah. And how about the German and French, Swedish? Like, are <sighs> yeah, they yeah, comparable yeah. or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. the okay. Swedish are gonna be uh, up there as well. Uh, I think so. They have uh, last year they bought the biggest truck. So, <laughs> <laughs> so well, now we know why the Norwegians had to get a bigger one. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. The neighbors got a big truck. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Got a bigger. One. Uh, th- these <laughs> trucks it, must be having like a, a hot tub and uh, <laughs> a bar in it and stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. And oh. they can party a party a lot. So, well, so you but, guys you know, saw the videos you know, um, from Oslo, right? The, oh, yeah, had, yeah. like the yeah. huge wax truck party. So yeah, that's, that's why they had to, to get it even bigger. Yeah. yeah. I know in formula one, there's quite a bit of, um, you know, the, the pit stop crew, they change teams, et cetera. Do you know if that happens at all in the, in the wax tech field that, that a Norwegian wax tech will go to the German team or something like that? Or. Yeah, I think some years ago we saw a big move from Norwegian guys going out to other countries but um, but there's there's a big mixture. Uh, I know uh, uh, Favre, um, Patrick Favre from the the, the French uh, woman mm-hmm. coach now, uh, last year's men coach, uh, has, a, has a brother also Italian, but he's a uh, wax tech in US, and so it's all mixed up. Uh, right, so right. I think the knowledge just um, goes around. Um, so yeah, but. I, uh, yeah, I, I don't think there's too much. Uh, I think it, they they also need to know how the the athletes will choose the skis and how how mm-hmm. the, the athletes need to prepare the skis. So you can't just shop around. Uh, right. You have to work together quite closely closely to the athletes. So mm-hmm. that, that's why um, Johannesburg has his own his own. Mm, uh, waxer, but he mm-hmm. he helps others as well. But he has his own waxer, and Ulana uh, Bjørndalen did did as well. Uh, he had he had his own waxer his whole uh, career um, almost, huh. and and the, the same with uh, Mike Bjørken, uh, the cross country skier, the the, yeah, the yeah. star in the field. Uh, she had the, the the same waxer almost uh, her entire career, wow. and and he was one of the best of stone grinding. The, the ski okay. uh, and that's one of the reasons why she was so far ahead in 2010 2015 2018 yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, because she had some great skis yeah 
So um, you're limited for time. So I just wanted to jump to a couple other things. Yeah. Um, so uh, hopefully you can just do these off the top of your head because uh, you've been uh, you've been prepping a little bit, I would imagine. But uh, what are some of the big storylines, things that you're going to be watching this season? Not necessarily like, you know, the, the, the you know, can Johannes, you know, win 18 oh, races yeah. or anything like that? But, but, you know, what are kind of the, the interesting things yeah. that you're going to be focusing in on? Yeah. The one we just talked about. So the floor case yeah. as well, but, but, but the Julia Simon case, uh, I think, mm. uh, it's a headline because what's going on and yeah. I can't get my head around what is going on <laughs> because, um, she, I don't know. She's she were in custody, and um, I, I, it's crazy. So, but but I still think it's a, a a good story because it shows how mentally strong she is. Because the this case started yeah. last August, so she's she's been dealing with this an entire season, and she won it. <laughs> yes. Uh, it's a good distraction for her. She doesn't think too much about biathlon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe. But but <laughs> but that just I, I think that shows that she's mentally quite strong and she can mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. keep it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But so that's a, a good case. And also, I think uh, the Simon Fogart case, uh, if you can say that the the the, the trainer, the new, the new trainer for the French guys, because mm-hmm. last season ended quite uh, mm-hmm. messy uh, on the mm-hmm. French side. Uh, and and how to see Emilien Jaglan grow up again yes, and yes, yeah. right. uh, together with Simon Fogad, it could be quite cool and a, and a topic we will see because we're going to see Simon Fogad in in I think in in the in the camera uh, on the TV mm-hmm. <laughs> a lot because mm-hmm. he's a good name. He's a good yes, name, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, and then the other thing I wanted to ask you for was. A couple of names of athletes because I think you're you're more plugged in with this than than a lot of people are, but athletes who uh, may not be on everybody's you know on the top of everybody's lists. So uh, sort of they don't have to yeah. be like the the total unknowns, but just just people that are not you know top ten athletes, but you you think that people ah. should be watching. Yeah, I um, I, I I just um, um, Estonian. Um, Toli Tumingas, I mm-hmm. think uh, she's 28, and and I just I've just followed her from uh, some years now, and she's just developed tiny steps all the way. She's a lonely wolf, or what you call it, because in Estonia, biathlon uh, mm-hmm. is quite small. So mm-hmm. she's, but, but I think it could be a cool name to see. She she's just uh, I think he, she did uh, sixth plays or something like that Six, uh, last yeah, year you got yeah. it perfect yeah. yeah um and and that's um I, I think it it could be a cool name for somebody's quite unknown that that could yeah get up there uh, and get into top 10 again uh, i think it and and then i i hope uh, uh, something about the swiss team the, the total swiss team yes uh, yeah. could be something to watch because it's Linda Heide, uh, Linda Heide this year for the first yeah. time in World mm-hmm. Cup, and they have the World Championships next year, uh, and and I think it, it it could just be cool to see this um, this team grow. And I know they haven't got that many uh, athletes. And yeah. It's a tiny biathlon nation, but they're just right. up there. And they the men's guy were in uh, the the men's were in top 
five uh, in yep. the Nations Cup last mm-hmm. year. Yep. And so, wow, that's uh, that's big. Yeah. Yeah, and it was it was definitely by far the the best season for the Swiss men ever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and that was after Vinny Vega retired. So not necessarily yeah. something that was expected. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, 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 uh, when we were talking to Nicholas Hartweg a couple weeks back, he mentioned how there was sort of this, this change in the, in the philosophy of the coaches and the athletes and sort of more working together with the men's and women's team. So, um, a bit of I, a new knows, vibe, maybe, right? Was that a bit of a new vibe? Like, yeah, a, yeah totally. Uh, yeah. I don't want to call it a youth movement, but. Yeah, but it was just, just kinda... yeah, because like the women didn't get a whole lot younger, but uh, but they all performed at or near their career bests. Yeah, so yeah, yeah it's pretty neat. And and like you mentioned with uh, Tuli Tomingas, that's a great name because um, she also had a really she had I think shoulder surgery at the beginning of the off season, but then came back and had a great summer Worlds. So yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Uh, you know she really could be primed just to yeah. to, to take that next step. Um, cool. And then last thing before you get out of here. Who are gonna? Who's gonna be the top three men, top three women, and who's taking home the overall this year? Yeah, yeah. On the men's side, you know, uh, yeah, so, yeah, 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 yeah. But JGB and Stola and uh, QFM. Uh, okay. Um, yeah. In that order. Uh, yeah, in that order. Um, now, now the hard one. Uh, yeah, because <laughs> and and that's what we all love about it. the women's field in biathlon is just you, you never know. Uh, yeah, and yeah. it's going to come down to the last races of the season. Um, it, it's going to come down to a, a big party over at your places. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, Are you coming? Uh, no, no, no. Um, we, 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 yeah, we transmit, we, we sit in this tiny little box and just mm-hmm. uh, watch the same screen as you guys. So, <laughs> yeah. Yep. But yeah, uh, Judy Simon, I think still, because she showed this mental strength uh, last yeah. year. Um, and I think in, in, in biathlon, the sprint races mean so much for the yeah. total mm-hmm. World Cup. So Elvia Urbea, because she's got this crazy speed on, the, on her skis. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Lisa Vitozzi, because of her shooting. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. yeah, Ironically, because of the shooting. That yeah. two years ago we all yeah. thought was toast, right? But yeah, yeah. But, but that's also a big case again this uh, this season. Uh, Julius mm-hmm. Monk case and then Lisa Vitozzi case. It was yeah. a big yeah. a big story, a big topic last season. But but this year season as well. Yeah. Talk talk about somebody being mentally strong to come back from yeah. that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's that's so beautiful. Yeah. Hey, uh, did we do it? Do you have time to get out to where you need to go? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Awesome. Yes. Perfect. Yes. Any Anything else you wanted to mention before you get out of here? Uh, no, just keep up the good work. And uh, I love listening to you guys. Uh, and and oh, thanks. That, that, yeah, you keep on bringing cool people inside. Uh, so, and a lot of, uh, yeah, we, we love to hear about the, the athletes and getting, getting to know them better. And that's what I love also in, in my commentating. It's, yeah. it's to, dive deep into some stories and not just yeah. uh, fix on numbers, but, but getting to know the people. Yeah. So that's what uh, you, you do. You guys do the best. Yeah. I, we really, really appreciate, appreciate that. That, that means the world to us before yeah. you go. One last story. Uh, what can we expect from Ukulek this year? Um, that, yeah, you can expect her to be on the start line on Saturday uh, yes. together with uh, it's it's historic because it's uh, with Greenland flag totally, yeah, on yeah. a single mix relay together with uh, little brother Sandra, and then you can um, yeah maybe expect her to be in good shape in mm-hmm. 
in Rupolding uh, uh, in January and then again in at the World Champs in Novomister. But I, Love it. I, I don't think she's going to come out strong uh, just right away. Okay. But yeah, we have yeah. to wait and see. <laughs> yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah, she'll, she'll, she'll build into the season. All right. Yeah. Get out of here. Thank, Thank you so, so much, much for your time. Perfect. Thank you. Appreciate it. Take care. I know we said it in our in our intro for the the interview, but um, I always love having Christian Wolf on. It's just a mm-hmm. it's just a lot of fun. Um, so uh, the, the, he's a teacher, right? Yeah. Imagine yeah, yeah. being a, a, in his classroom. That must be uh, oh, one of those be, teachers you love. Right. Being in it's a classroom, be great. but uh, one. Yeah. yeah. No. Exactly. That's exactly it. One of those teachers that, like, you know, it actually makes you excited about coming in. He was actually telling me about uh, this program he's he's at right now, and it's about how in Norway they've got um, they will actually have a class for a sport, right? So you can mm-hmm. take biathlon as a class, and um, it's sort of about how they integrate it into into like the school curriculum. So wouldn't it be awesome to have, force the kids to have that? Yeah, there you go, right? <laughs> but just to have have him as like your biathlon coach or your biathlon teacher, right? So you can. Because like, you would make yeah, you want to go fall in love with the sport, right? Exactly. Yes, that's exactly what I was going to say. Um, so maybe that's what we need to do is we just need to to get him out there teaching biathlon in the schools, and uh, maybe mm-hmm. we'll have a, a powerhouse Danish squad there in about go. twenty years. Or bring him over here, even better, right? <laughs> have him come to Calgary, right? We'll all, we'll all meet up there. He can he yeah. can teach uh, our boys and and Alex how to how to play and uh, how to how to compete and. You know, here we go. That's a pretty good, pretty good relay squad. Um, all right. So uh, he mentioned a couple of things uh, as far as storylines coming into this year. Um, you know, Julie Simone, uh, Simone Forcad, you know, and, and how that's all going to play out. Um, one of the things that I've been thinking about is, will the presence of the American stops at the end of the schedule affect and you you mentioned this a little bit but will it affect how teams think about the whole year setup so i don't i don't i don't think it will i just want to start off by saying that but knowing that those two are at the end will it just change how different athletes approach the year like just even mentally expecting that they're not going to make that trip Hmm. yeah i don't know because um I think by then, because I always thought for the North Americans, it would be a bit of an advantage being used to the time zone and that kind of thing. But they've been in Europe long enough then that it's probably just going to be as hard for them as it is for people from Europe. Yeah. Um, I guess the only thing I can <clears throat> think of is that uh, for someone like Bo, I don't know if he ever raced in Camor before. Obviously, they had the IBU Cup, so they, they have had athletes here. Um, and they've had World Cups here before, but it's a bit of an unknown to them. So mm-hmm. that could be interesting. Like I said before, I really hope that uh, none of the, the Globes have been decided by then. And uh, that it's actually... Because that, that would be such a disappointment, especially for all the people, uh, a lot of volunteers, but a lot of people involved with, you know, Biathlon Canada and, and setting up the World Cup for, for the... Um, for the final races of the, of the season. And, and um, if, if someone like, you know, JT Bow or, or uh, Julia Simon or the, one of the big, big stars in biathlon would decide not to come mm-hmm. just for the fact of, well, you know, I got the globe already. 
Yeah, um, that that would be so disappointing, and and I'd feel really uh, bad for the for the for the volunteers, and and you know, I I every Monday uh, I see the work that's being done to to get the the stadium built and uh, um, what they've done on the range and stuff. So um, yeah, I hope best case scenario, let's aim for that is that, you know, there's still two or three athletes um, going for the, for the overall globe and some discipline globes and uh, maybe the U25 race. And I hope so too. uh, Pretty sweet. Right. And and, and just think about it from the perspective of uh, American or Canadian fan, like, we don't have the necessarily the passion of following that you do in a lot of those European mm-hmm. countries. So the, the, it'll be smaller, but it's, it's going to make the news, right? It's going to be, it's going to be seen right. and it'll just be nice to have the best here, right? Just to, just yeah. to say like, here they are. And so the, for the fans that are here, but even just to, to grow the sport here. So I hope, yeah. I hope everybody shows up, you know, everybody that is able but to. I can imagine like from, you know, say Norwegian perspective, if you're typically ending the season in Oslo with, I think they have what over a hundred thousand spectators throughout the the woods it's, and the, yeah, huge. And then I can pretty much no, I will guarantee them that there won't be that many people here. But um, <laughs> yeah, I, it will definitely be a small crowd, but nonetheless a very excited and uh, and crazy crowd. So uh, yeah, yeah, I just hope that it's going to be a really good experience for for any, everybody involved. So I sure I man, because I'm looking forward to it. I think it could be a lot yeah. of fun. And I hope um, that the weather gods will help a little bit. Yes, please. Just, just it doesn't have to be warm. Just not yeah, frozen. Not minus thirty. Yeah. yeah. Um, the other thing I was going to say was we have a lot of women who could potentially be returning from maternity leave. So we know Justine Brazé Boucher is uh, is going to be there, and Baiba Bendika mm-hmm. is working her way back into shape. I don't know about you know Malena Todorova or Katerina Komats. I don't know about them, but. Um, uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see how how they progress through the season, right? And, and, mm-hmm. and expectations should be held low. Not 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 that they're going to be bad, but just that they literally just grew human being, pushed it out of their bodies, and they're going to have to sort of get back into not just decent shape because it's a struggle for anybody to get back into decent shape after that, but to get into world class athlete shape, doing one of the most grueling right. competitions, right? So. I'm just, I'm just really curious. Although to see. it will put a a grueling competition in in perspective after giving birth. <laughs> this is so true. Maybe, yeah. maybe that is because uh, I mean, yeah. I let's not go into the details, but I can't imagine. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, you hear many times that that uh, athletes come back after giving birth and they actually are even stronger. Yeah. Now I don't know if that's statistically proven to be a, a typical result, but uh, yeah. Let's just hope that. Uh, that they're going to be right back in it. I'm telling you, watching Baba Mandika's, I know I've mentioned this like 17 times already, but watching her Instagram post is just crazy to me that she only gave birth like two months ago. It's just yeah. wild. So um, I'm, I, based on the way she's looking, she could be racing, you know, in early January at this point. So <laughs> yeah. no surprise there that she's, she's hitting it. She's, she's hitting it hard. So yeah. All right. Uh, I know that uh, that you had been working on some uh, some statistical analyses. Uh, I was wondering if you could give us just a quick preview of what you've been working on. Yeah, I hope to publish uh, something later this week. But um, I've been looking based on a comment that um, Scott Gao made. 
I've been looking at the uh, uh, basically the time of the 60th athlete in the sprint race. Oh, how far they're behind the winner, and how that has developed over time. Interesting. And um, you would kind of expect that the the time would be less, right? That the, the field's getting tighter. Yeah. Uh, and in the women, we definitely see that trend. But I found it really interesting that I saw the same trend uh, on the men's side. But then in the last couple of seasons, it's been going up again. So then huh. that led huh. me to do some further analysis on what what caused that. And I, I was wondering... My hypothesis was that there was a JT Bow effect. And that's exactly because, what I was going to say. Yeah. Um, you know, so I also looked at what is the average time behind, what is the time behind when you don't take the number one into account. Yeah. Um, so that's something that I'm still kind of working on the details a little bit. But uh, I have a suspicion that I'm going to come to the conclusion that there is some sort of uh, bow effect. But um like I said, that's still under development. So uh, hopefully I'll post I that later this week. cannot wait I to see that. Yeah. And I, I also, because I had the data lined up, uh, I did some analysis of the position changes, how many position position changes per race. Yeah. Um, I don't really see, you know, a, a massive change in that. So uh, that was one of those things where you put the data in and you, you just wait and see what comes out and, um, in this case, it seems like there wasn't really anything unexpected or, or specific trend going on. But um, yeah, it's, you know, obviously I love doing this stuff. So uh, it's really cool. And, and I think I mentioned this before, but uh, for those people using real biathlon data, um, he's made some changes to the database so you don't have to uh, download it per time frame and then merge it all together and that kind of thing. And uh, and now you can just download all the race data. Obviously, you have to create some filters so you don't get uh, terabytes of data across. But uh, yeah, he's, he's made some uh, very good updates to his site. So hmm. yeah, I hope to post that soon. I cannot wait to see that because I'll be curious, right? So my initial reaction was also that there was a JT Bow effect, but also, you know, has because we, we maybe it's just been me but have kind of talked about how the entire women's field seems to be getting stronger and stronger but that for a lot of the men's squads norway excluded there are maybe a couple of top athletes but then there's sort of like a dearth of of talents behind them so has there also maybe been a deterioration in the middle of the pack i i, I guess we'll find out all right yeah, but I also so I combined it. Uh, or I looked at it at a, a detail level of races, but I also averaged it out on the uh, season level mm -hmm. for both women and 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 men. And what I found interesting, so uh, when I look at and I started with the two thousand two thousand one season, and the I looked also at what was the maximum time or the average of the maximum time behind in all the pursuit races in that season. And we went from um, 350 some seconds behind the race leader for the last person to qualify for the pursuit to last season, the number was 176. So which is still three minutes. Yeah. But you know, it's, uh, it's less than half. Huh. So that that's quite the uh, the decrease of uh, 
yeah of numbers there absolutely well but anyway um i'll i'll put the charts out and then uh hopefully people will uh have some time to look to check them out and start some conversations i i don't hmm i was gonna try to make it i was gonna try to make a declarative statement of how i thought it was gonna work out but i'm not going to i'm gonna wait for <laughs> the analysis to be done and then i will say ah yes i knew that all along <laughs> right no i guess i think that's the right way to do it okay um all right so uh i'm just gonna pause this real quick so do you know <laughs> before i before i get to the next thing uh eligibility for the u25 is it you start the season u25 or you have to be under 25 the whole year no i think the cutoff is january 1st january 1st okay all right. Pretty certain about that. Not 100%, but I'm pretty certain that was because uh, I did some research on U25 and I'm pretty sure it was always the uh, the last Christmas races. And then, well, okay. I guess the Christmas break, but. All right. Cross off one of my questions then. All right. That was one of the 10. <laughs> It was going to be who's going to win the U25 for the women. Because um, okay. Elvira turns 25 in February. And so um, if she's eligible, then I think it's she doesn't even have to be good. She's going to win. Because the mm-hmm. next, so the, the woman who was number two on the list last year was Lujan Monod. And then there's a drop down to Sophie Chaveau, Anagandla, Amy Becerga. So it's Elvira is going to win, right? If she's eligible. Right. All right. Um, Well, so uh, thank you for keeping me from looking like an idiot um, and doing all the hard work. And so, uh, like I said, I'll just jump in and, and sound real smart. Um, in your in your prep, have you run across anybody? I asked this question to Christian Wolf. Anybody that is not a, a first uh, first name athlete, right? Uh, a top top level athlete that we should be watching out for. So. You know, Elvira doesn't count, or or Vetla uh, uh, right. Shasta Christensen doesn't count. Anybody that that you remember from last year, you're like, you know what? This is somebody I'm going to watch strong. Christian Wolf, just to, as a reminder, he mentioned uh, Tuli Dominguez um, as as uh, somebody to watch out for. Um, well, definitely not based on the analysis because I tend to uh, to be unbiased. I tend to only work with IBU IDs mm-hmm. and yeah. not names. But um, I am really curious to see if uh, Stina Nielsen mm, is mm-hmm. going to solidify mm-hmm. a place on the team or if it's going to be mm, another season where it's not really clicking and maybe the end of her, I don't want to say yeah. end of her career, but I mean, if it's another season it's where hard. it's not clicking and they got you know two athletes from the IBU Cup that were really good last year yeah i don't know yeah. and uh and i'm curious to see what's going to happen with uh lampage oh, you know so yes. you had uh yeah. you know the the was it the third place last year when her shooting place, clicked yeah. And, yeah and uh and is she is she from czech republic no hey eh? slovenia slovenia okay mm-hmm. 
No, those I was are, thinking for are, uh, being Nova Mesto being in the oh Nova right 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 being right. Nova Mesto, but right yeah um, yeah. So those are two women that you know I'm not expecting to end up on a podium. Uh, yeah. So not in that sense, but I just I'm really curious to see what's going to happen. Um, obviously, Justine Préjaboucher, how she's going to come back, and same for Baiba. Um, I'm curious to see how Lotte Lee is going to do and, and Ukalek. Mm-hmm. And then on the men's side, yeah, I don't know, like people that are really not in the picture. I can't say that anyone he pops pops in my head, to be honest. No, that's sort of the way it is for the men's side, right? It, it just sort of is so dominated by the uh, by the top of the top. Um, I, I, I'm kind of interested to see how Eustace Strello does this year. Um, he right. just had that, that remarkable prone shooting first of all, to see if he can keep it up, but also because yeah. there's sort of an opening for, for somebody behind Dole and, and Roman Reese as sort of like the third German. So, uh, can he, can he jump up and can he ride that hot shooting up there? Um, I think that the, in general, the Czech men, so, uh, Kirchmarch and, um, Strateki, um, were I curious? I'm just curious to see how they how they go. I think they mm-hmm. both had, were really strong last year, uh, so we'll we'll see if they're able well, to keep it up. Your new uh, new fellow countryman, I'm you know Campbell Wright. Campbell Wright. Uh, yep. Is he able to continue his uh, his good yeah good form or races or you know is he going to have a bit of a sophomore yes <laughs> right. Or, uh, and, and, and I think I mentioned this before, and he's also not an unknown by any means, but I'm still l- really curious how uh, Jacqueline is going to respond yes. to the, the new coach yep. and, and what he uh, what he can do. And it kind of feel with him, it's also a bit of a make or break season. I totally agree, right? It's sort of what, like you mentioned the other time, but like if it's another one of those sort of quitting halfway through and struggling again is it will he reach the potential we hope for him or will we sort of right. reset a little bit um and then I, i'll watch for you know how doll's doing in his last season and yeah. then uh you know seamanator is he is he still up there with his shooting and and able to keep up with the skiing or yeah yeah stuff like that but yeah um, I like the, there's a young slovenian core so there's like alex Sasar and uh lavro planco and Anton Vidmar, they're all like 22, 23, 24 years old. Um, and they, they're all coming up together. So it'll be kind of interesting to see if they can kind of rise or, you know, how, how far up they can get. I mean, speaking of guys, I mean, Fock is not getting any younger. I think he's only like 34, 35. So he's not quite eight or eight or era, but he's certainly right. getting up there. So, uh, to see if somebody can sort of rise up, uh, behind him. Uh, we all know Nicholas Hartfag, but if, uh, Sebastolder can, can, can come up with him as well. Um, that could be a lot of fun. And there was somebody else who I was just thinking of on the men's side. doesn't matter. I'm also Dave. curious to see if, uh, Yislova is, Ooh, uh, yes. That's you an know, excellent she one. had a really good season two years ago. And now yep. last year was, um, not the, uh, the upper trend continuation that we were hoping for. So I really hope that she can, uh, come back to her level from two seasons ago and, and continue on that. So there is this whole chunk. This is what I was going to mention from the women's side. Like that is that finished the season between 23rd and 28th overall last year. And it's 
uh, Emma Lunder, um, both the Gasparin sisters, Hannah Kavinger, Suvi Minkinen, Polona Klementic. And all of them impressed me last year and that they all made significant improvements. Um, you know, and the question is who from that group is going to move up again? I, I really like Emma Lunder. I think that she's going to be able to do it. And I think that Polona Klementic has a lot of, uh, potential as well, uh, from Slovenia. So, um, and obviously, obviously big fans of Hannah Kaminger on this, on this podcast. Right. So, uh, but, but who from that group and then right behind them, there's Sophia Schneider, Anna Gondler, um, Amy Becerga, and then Yaslova, um, who you just mentioned. So there's kind of this, right. this interesting group between like 23rd and 36th overall that I just, we'll see, we'll see kind of, yeah. do they, do they hold there? Is that sort of their peak or are they going to take that next step? And I'm, I'm generally for the women, it's already such a close field. And I'm really curious to see if, yep. uh, you know, on the German team, the Swedish team, uh, yeah. Norwegian team, if they're going to give their younger athletes that are, that were on the IBU cup last year, are they going to get a, a full shot at it or? Yeah. Well, and you think about that. So I was just working on my, on my, uh, my French season preview, right? And mm-hmm. this is how I had them. I had them. I kind of put them in a in an order for how I like like them ranked. So I have Julie Simone at the top. Obviously, she's the reigning champ. Then I put uh, as as solid World Cup members Lujan Minot and Chloe Chevalier, and then I have Justine Brazé Boucher, sort of in her own um, her own category because I'm not sure what we're going to see there. Right. Uh, right below them, I have uh, Sophie Chavot, Caroline Colombo, who finished uh, 20th. Chavot was mm-hmm. 21st overall. Uh, Shilon Guigona, who finished second overall in the IBU Cup. And uh, then uh, right after her, I had Paula Bote, who was third on the IBU Cup. Um, Camille Benend and Chloe Benend, B-N-E-D. I'm not sure how to pronounce that, but um, they were uh, also, I think I had them, they were 12th and also relatively high on the IBU cup. Uh, Fanny mm-hmm. Bertrand was, was 14th, right? So, so they've just a ton of women. That's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven women. And obviously can't run 11 women out there every week. So right. how, you know, like I said, I think, I think three of them are set in stone. Who makes, who, who fills out the other three? Right. Yeah. And how much time is, is, uh, Justine Brigitte Boucher going to get exactly right? if she's right? not on fire yeah. from from the get go. And you can ask the same question. I think we did about Francesca Ports. How much time yeah. does she get with so many yeah. talented young women behind her? Um, yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how they how they how they sort it out. One last name I wanted to mention uh, because I was just looking at uh, or two last names: Sarah Scatolo and Artu Heikkinen. These are two 19, 20 year olds. Scatolo is a, an Italian. Heikkinen is a Finn. Um, and then Anna Andexer is a uh, Austrian. So these are all women or all, all between 19 and 20 years old juniors. I think they've got a good future ahead of them. Um, not getting the same sort of publicity as like, a uh, Selena Groshen, but just names to watch. Okay. All right. So, um, I've got some questions for you. Okay. Put your thinking cap on. All right. Starting out with the man, the King, Johannes Tignesboe. Will he win over or under eight races this year? When? 
of of any individual ra- or like yeah. non team races. Yeah, Ooh, I would say over. Isn't that crazy to say that he's going to win like a third of the races? Well, More it doesn't than that. even feel crazy. <laughs> I know. I know. That's what I mean. It's like it doesn't even because my gut was like, "Am I setting this too low? Should it be higher? Should it be like 12? What I still how many go sprint races are there this year? Eight. There you go. Yeah, not counting the world championships. I think he wins every sprint race. I guess he he basically did it last year, didn't he? Yeah. Um. How many different women will win a race? Oh, you're not going to give me a range here? Um, I'm going to say... I can give you a range. I can give you a range. No, no, so, no. That's fine. Uh, no, here you go. Um, I would say over 10. All right. There you go. I was, I was, I was going to, I was going to give you over or under nine. So yeah, over 10. Uh, who is going to win the under 25 for the men? Really hard beggar, Giacomel. Yeah, I was, I'm hoping to think of a third. Uh, well, I can give you some other names. Great. Campbell Wright would be. Campbell Wright. Yep. Amazing. But uh, yeah, I, I think if I had to put my money on it, I would still go with Hartwig. Yeah, so it was Hartwig, Jacamel, Stalder, Phil, Philip Field, Anderson, Eric Perot, Adam Runnels were your top from the last uh, last year. Yeah, I'd, I'd have to go with Hardwick again. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I assume for the women, you're going to say? Lou. Lou, uh, Lou Jean Monod. You're going to say her? Over Elvira? Yeah. Is she even eligible? Well, yeah, I, I think if they're 25, no, if right they're now. under 25 uh, at the end of the, so at the end of this year, so okay. and on December 31st, I think she qualifies. Perfect. Um, Justine Brasse Boucher, will she race more or less than 15 races on the World Cup this year? Yeah, more. More? I think she'll do the full season. Will Elvira be the fastest woman this year? Basically, what you're asking is, will Lampage win, run enough races to qualify? Or yeah. maybe you think Elvira's going to be faster anyway? No, I think when it came to a one-on-one sprint, I think Lampage would be faster. But uh, yeah, no, I think you know for a full season, I would say Elvira is going to okay. be the, the fastest. Although uh, I'm a little hesitant because I I really wonder if she's worked on her shooting a bit more and with that lost a little bit of her speed. Hmm. But I, I I don't know. I don't know who else would uh, beat her it's, to that. And I don't know enough about the uh, the potentially young athletes coming from the IBU Cup uh, with regards to speed. But Good question. Yeah, so last year, um, Elvira... Uh, Lompich, um, Julia Simone. These were kind of your your top. So, uh, Justine Brezaboucher is also super fast, right? Uh, she is super fast. Yep, yep. Uh, she didn't even qualify last year because she didn't race. Yeah. Um, Denise Herman Wick was up there, obviously not right. there. Uh, Tangervold, Hanna, Lisa Vitanzi. So, um, your men's nations cup winner is going to be. Oh, <laughs> Norway. 
Norway. Uh, Women's Nation Cup winner is going to be Sweden. Uh, and now for the fun ones. <clears throat> How many top tens is Simon Ader going to have this year? Um, Over under one point five. I was he had, he had three. He had three. He maybe had three, one or two. I say he had three last year. I'll go for one. Okay. Uh, will anybody have a floor ban this this year or a, a fail? Oh, sure. Yeah. You think so? Yeah. All right. Um, and then the the big question, the question that everybody has and been I, waiting and for. And I want to – sorry. Yeah. I want to uh, add something. I don't necessarily think it will be on purpose. Like I don't, I don't think biathlon nations are looking to yeah. – you know, trick the system or whatever. I just think there there will be a situation where people accidentally get too much okay. on it or, yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, the question that everyone's been waiting for, who's going to finish higher, Anna Magnuson or Lisa Hauser? Um, I'm going to say Lisa Hauser because I'm not sure if Anna Magnuson will race as many races as as Hauser will. It's hard, right? It's not, uh, yeah, it's not totally fair because um, I don't think that, barring injury, Lisa Hauser has any any real competition to, to get kicked off. They were, right. I mean, they were surprisingly close, 10th and 14th overall last year. So if mm-hmm. Magnuson races a full season, it could could be closer. Yeah, then, then I think they're going to be pretty close. But I just yeah. have a feeling that she may not be. Uh, full year. Full year, yeah. Do you think she gets another win this year? No. Another podium? Possibly, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Hauser over she oh, being Anna, right? Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. Max, yeah. Hauser over right. under one point five ones. Under. I'm just making this one up off the top of my head. Yeah, under. Under. No. I do think she will be in in uh a, a number of podiums and, and flower ceremonies. I just yeah. uh Yeah. Yeah. Like, That's fair. Yeah, the last three seasons, two wins, one win, two wins. All right. I think that's going to do it. Okay. Anything else you want to add? My answers from last year? But yeah, yeah, we did at the, at the end of the year. Uh, yeah, okay. and you actually did really well. I think you hit like yeah, 70%. Yeah, no. It, oh, here you go. This is what I meant to put down. I didn't put down. I apologize. Will the fastest shooter on the men's World Cup this year? Will the, Come from Canada? Yeah. No, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> oh, well, okay. Faster than 23 seconds. Like as their fastest time? Or, their or their average. Average. Ooh. No, I don't think so. Okay. What was it last year? Do you remember? 22.8. But it was... Somebody, somebody who it was Stromsheim. So we'll see if he continues at that pace. Then the second one is somebody who retired, and then third and fourth are Runnels and Christian Gow. So hmm. uh, your bet for a Canadian leading is pretty pretty solid. I, I definitely think it will be close to that range, but I yeah I don't know it only takes you know it's not uh, very much. It's o- a yeah. Oberhof for Rupolding or yeah. Any place with crappy weather and yep. Uh, um, do you and think, I think you should add a qualifier that that anybody on that list should at least have participated in 
you know, yeah, it's like a racist, but yeah, I was, I, so usually, usually when I, and, and this is just something I should put somewhere, but usually when I, when I look at rankings, I set it so that it's, uh, you had to have participated in at least one third, like one trimester of racing. Yeah. 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 yeah fair enough. Um, so, um, all right. Anything else, anything else that we didn't cover? Anything else that people need to know before racing starts in three days? No, I, I can't really think of anything in particular. I, I, I think it's going to be really interesting um, to see where waxing comes in after we're starting to see some results. Mm-hmm. You know, is if, if um, uh, let's say Giacomo wins two out of the three races the first weekend. Yeah. Is, th- is that going to end up? about a discussion or let's say uh Vitozzi wins wins one or two as well is it going mm-hmm. to be like oh the Italians are really on top of things with with regards to waxing or is it going to be wow they're really coming out flying for the season so i yeah. i guess it's uh how how big of a discussion is waxing going to be to explain certain results sure. or and then, and then also like what what Christian mentioned, how much is weather going to play a role? So like if we go from yeah. Ostersund where it's you know ten or eleven below right. for the races, and then we go to Hulkfjellsen and it's five above, and all of a sudden it's like wow, the the Norwegians made a huge comeback, or was it just that they, you know, their, their wax advantage didn't make as much a difference in yeah. Ostersund? But yeah, well, because I I'm I'm keep thinking back of honesty, and and it was more with the. I think the edge on certain skis, yeah, yeah, more so than than the wax. But maybe we're going to see more of that, where we'll we'll have races where you know some nations will just hit the hit the wax and others don't, and we'll see crazy differences. Um, yeah, so it's going to be in. We say this every year. It's going to be an exciting season. I can't ever imagine sitting here one year and being like, "Well, it looks like it's going to be another boring season of biathlon." You know, thanks for well, joining us. Well, I mean, in, in I don't want to say boring, but um, you definitely. I don't wish anybody ill, but it would be more interesting on the men's side if if uh, Bo, for one or another reason, you know, has a couple of setbacks. If he wasn't dominant, you know, like he wasn't. Well, but it's also like he must be so super confident. Yeah. Right, and then yeah. I've mentioned it before with QFM that you know the season he was so strong was also because he was really confident. And then that, you know, in some cases leads to better results, which leads to increase your confidence, et cetera. And I wonder if, you know, Sterla or whoever, uh, the Swedes are beating him and not just by two seconds, but actually beat him by, you know, 15 seconds, two or three races in a row. Is that going to impact his, his, uh, his mental state? Right. So I, I don't know. I think, Again, I don't, I don't want him to get sick or get hurt or anything like that. But in a way, I hope that, uh, and, and I almost wonder if that's a tactic that maybe the Swedes are choosing. Let's just go all out at the start of the season mm-hmm. and make him question himself a little bit. Yeah, get in the head. How we can get in the head. Because if you're starting slow and he and he wins the first five races, then you know, unless he gets sick or whatever, like, what are you going to do? So I wondered about this. There was a couple of years ago, not, not, how was it two seasons ago, three seasons ago? Doesn't matter. There was a, uh, at the very start of the season, um, 
there were a couple of relays and uh, Samuelson got matched up with JT Bo and they ended up right next to each other, you know, closing and Samuelson had faster, like a faster finishing sprint. Right. And, mm-hmm. and it was like twice is like two times in three races or something like two times in three relays right. that he beat him down. And I wonder how much could that played a role when they did any role at all, because it almost seemed like the second time, like, JT, like he almost knew it was going to happen, right? Mm-hmm. And it just, it was almost like, well, I guess he's just not a sprinter. Yeah, which is crazy to say. But it was almost like he knew well, it was going to happen. His, his normal speed is almost, you know, <laughs> let's say 90%, but maybe some people can squeeze uh, out from 80 to 100 for the, for the last. Yeah. But yeah. yeah it's, well, I don't I, I, I'm, I'm excited to see it. I, I really want to see some, some real racing and, and, uh, and, and, we start out with the the mixed relays, which is always a, yeah. a wild time. So, you know, uh, one almost... athletes I I did want to mention that we didn't really get to is uh, Davidova. I oh yes, I don't know, yeah. when she decided not to uh, go back to school and and give it another shot, and with mm-hmm. the the world championships in Nova Mesto, that's Czech, right? Or mm-hmm. am I just? Yep. No, you're yeah. right. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I have a hope slash. Good feeling, I guess, for for her to uh, to have a good season, which also maybe maybe she'll not have a great season, but a really good world championships if if that's what she's going to focus on. Yeah, because that's another thing where I feel with JT Bo, there's no other event that would distract him from the World Cup. No, like two yeah. years ago with the Olympics and stuff. So yeah, yeah. Well, guys, we made it. You've got just enough time to listen to this uh read some some team previews on penaltyloop.com uh go back and review some old uh data analysis on biathlon analytics sit down and uh and watch some biathlon should be good looking forward to it yep and we will be joining you every week uh just like we have in the last couple of seasons so uh hopefully uh we've got a lot to talk about when we get together soon sounds good have a good one you too